Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey guys, welcome back to the Strickland's Patreon mailbag uh, edition. I'm Drew, back from vacation. Kind of happy to be back. And joining me, finally, I am not going to be alone this time, and I'm not going to speak in an empty room by myself. Well, I'm technically in a room by myself, but I have company finally, like actually in the uh, in the apartment but with me today, he's back and better than ever. It's Dallas, aka Basketball Robot. Dallas, how are you? What's up? I am very happy to be back. Uh, excited to be able to spend my time watching the Knicks again after six weeks of being consumed with striking. How and exciting, right? Family back. stuff. Yeah. Did you? So you missed. All the- did you miss all the streaking, right? So you missed the eight game and then the five game, basically, right? Oh my god! No, so exactly what happened was I couldn't watch for it was about it was about five weeks of where I could watch, like I'd catch a game here and there, but I couldn't watch it real time. I just things were too crazy, too busy. But um, as soon as I so I missed the win streak. As soon as I started watching again, they began their losing streak. Oh, so you're like, the, the reason why? Literally, the first game I started watching, we started losing. I was like, what on earth is this? Um, was, the, was the first loss the Mavericks game? No. Uh, it was... I forget. Um, no, no, no. Way before that. Uh, Raptors. Yes, because Siakam had Raptors, to go for like 50-some-odd. Yeah, Raptors, Bulls, Sixers, Mavs, Spurs. Yes. Oh, the yeah. Spurs. I blame yeah. the Spurs on uh, on Tyrese because Tyrese was uh, at the game. Mm-hmm. That seems so, reasonable. That seems very reasonable. <laughs> so, although he he's been right about his uh, Julius Randle takes from the uh, I know everybody panned. I know. I th- I think someone asked about Randle, so we are going to get nice. into him because it's he's been incredible. He's been awesome. It's. We'll get to there. We'll get to it when we get to it because I have a lot of thoughts on Randall because it's 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 a very complicated thing for me. So we're gonna answer all your questions. I am starting from well. First, I'm starting with a a good question from Jacks three six five brothers feed minutes. Good afternoon slash evening, Doug in Dallas. How are you guys feeling today? So we're gonna get that question right off the bat, and then I'm gonna and then we will go from there. So. Dallas, 
you feeling well? I heard the Knicks won, but we're not going to talk <laughs> about it because we're going to save that for the post-game podcast stuff with Tyrese and um, and Sam. So we're not talking about the game, even though we're recording directly after the game. And I'm saying go listen to the uh, the what's it called the post-game, but it's I didn't actually watch it, so I have to wait until t- tomorrow to watch the game. But I just know that they won. But Dallas, I'm assuming you're feeling good today, right? Because they won. We absolutely dominated the Suns. It was delightful. We were up at like 30 uh, at one point, and it looked like it was going to be like 40 or 50. It was like, we went on an 18-0 run at one point. That was delightful. No, we're not discussing the game. We're not discussing the game. <laughs> I'm talking about all the reasons that I'm in an uh, excellent mood right oh, now. Oh, okay, fine. Good loophole there. <laughs> uh, yeah, many of those reasons have to do with the game, but I guess I'm not allowed to talk about it. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, no, it was awesome, uh, and I'm happy. And no brother's fee, knows fee minutes, though, so... Um, That's upsetting. Yeah. Oh, actually, he may have come in for the last... He got, he, got, he got the garbage time minutes? Maybe. Let me look. Yeah, he got 29 seconds. 29 seconds. There we go. Good job, Svee. Yeah. Plus minus of zero. Oh, look at that. Yeah, so, you know, I don't know. Maybe he deserves a shot. I think so. I think he deserves some backup three minutes. I mean, he could shoot. He can. He can definitely shoot. He's he's also got like, uh, just like it, you can see. Watch him play. He he knows how to play offense offensively. Like he knows where to be. He knows how to move. He knows he's an amazing mm-hmm. shooter. He uh, uh 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 he cuts well. He even on defense, he's like in the right positions. It looks like he just doesn't have the athletic ability. I'd like that they sent him to the G League just to get like some reps in, and he dropped like forty, like something ridiculous, right? Like it's just it's so funny when some of these guys go to the G League. Like Deuce used to do it all the time. He'd be like, "Yeah, Deuce had like a thirty-five, fifteen, and fifteen." Right. You're like, "What?" Right. And now he can't make a shot. Literally can't. He uh, he has the yips bad. I think on offense, like he just he's like. Uh, air mailing today and the last game, he like just like had through a couple of passes that were just like into the, like second tier of the stands. Nice, like, I like that. Who are you? Like, what is happening here? Just like absolutely nowhere near their intended targets. One was in transition in the last game against the Rockets, and then today he had a cross court one that just like sailed into the stands. It's um uh, his. I feel bad for him because I I think he can shoot. I do think like sometimes guys like him. I mean, he has a weird release, like it's like a it's like trebuchet kind of thing. Yes, but I yes. do think sometimes like shorter guys like him can have better luck in the G League, and then they, the the closeouts can you know affect mm-hmm. their shooting in the NBA. Um, but he's shot so poorly that now he's not even seeing the closeouts that he was seeing, and he's getting open looks. Uh, and I think he's just kind of in his head, so. Because he's a, be- a lot better shooter than he's shooting. Yes. A lot and he's he's a, he's just a lot better offensive player than he is right now. But you know what? He's still playing defense. And that's really ultimately, that's the only thing that matters. So, okay. So we're going to get into like the heart of the questions. This actually, I believe, started, I'm starting from the 28th of December. So we're starting immediately after Christmas. And then we're going to go all the way into the, uh, the present day with the questions. Okay. And... What's great is this is basically right after the uh, the Mavs loss. So that's <laughs> we're starting there, and it's only going to get better. Actually, for okay. the, it it should it should in theory the question should get better in theory. So 
Vintage Randall asks, was this easily the worst coaching loss for the Tibbs era? Is there any game this close? So this is referencing the Mavs game. There are a lot of bad losses during the uh, the Tibbs era. It, I think if we're going to get into recency bias, I would say, on this one, because I would agree, but like, I don't really remember what I felt for some of the other ones. Yeah, no, there's no way this is the worst loss. Um, the The number of losses we've had where like we have like a 10-point lead or something, yeah. and Tibbs goes full turtle, mo- turtle mode, uh, retreats into his shell and yeah. just like ISO Julius's the game away. Um, <laughs> Which was all of last year, basically. Yeah. Uh, I think game one of the playoffs in um, his first year here, starting Alfred Payton. And yeah, that was bad. Those minutes, like, my, they lost those minutes, like, I think he played like six minutes or something, and they lost them by like eight points or 10 points or something mm-hmm. absurd. And then, um, he, uh, you know, they won the rest of the game and it's just like, what are you doing? And Alfred was so bad at that. Yeah. He knew he was bad because he never played him again. And he knew he was going to be bad because he was already like playing him like 12 minutes a game. Like, it was already freaking it... started him. Yeah. So, thing. Yeah. There's worse Tibbs losses in my view. What really bothered me for the Mavs game. And it's just, it's these little things and... I know I've seen at least I've seen a good amount because I'm trying to read and digest other content that's almost different than how I'm viewing things just so I can get the other side a little bit and just to see if there's any sort of arguments, you know, testing your your things, all that sort of stuff like a good like a reasonable person (laughs) read the other side of stuff. And a lot of people were putting I noticed like on the players, right, the players collapse and all these sort of things for the Mavs loss and. I guess that's fair, like, if you want to put on the players. But, like, you're basically saying the coach can't help out in any sort of way, right? And in like, and I think that's the part, the frustrating thing with the Tibbs dialogue is he gives you the baseline, right? Like, he gives you the baseline and everything's good. But he's not going to help you do any sort of, like, things just to, like, help out the players, like, help out his team. And, he's already, and I think the perfect example of that was... When uh, I think it was like a minute 30 left, Grimes gets the ball. He messes up and he basically dribbles into the double team and gets the jump ball. And it's right in front of the Knicks bench. Tibbs had two timeouts left. Call a timeout instead of allowing the, the Mavericks a chance to get the ball on, you know, a jump ball. Like, use your timeout there. It's okay. And then the second one was the um the Doncic's uh, free throw he doesn't have all of his rebounders in he has Grimes in there who's supposed to box out Luca so you could blame him to box out Luca or he's supposed to have Deuce come in to box out Luca whoever it was but no one's boxing out that's what led to the rebound because both Deuce and Grimes get their hands on it and then it slips out and then Doncic makes the crazy shot but why isn't like Simpson why isn't Hartenstein in, right? Like, it's just these little things where you know that the team's going for a miss. Put in your best rebounders. Like, he doesn't help out the team in any sort of way. And it's just so frustrating to yeah. watch sometimes. And, I mean, yeah, I'm with I mean, I'm mean, with you on most of that stuff. And then just the, sh- the shell defense or the shell offense thing um, drives me nuts. Like, I was thinking about it today. Like, probably you... 
because, you know, like when you're running the offense normally, like you have occasionally you'll take an early shot, but like Mm -hmm. typically, you know, you go into the shot clock a decent bit before you get your shot. Um, And my like my guess is that if you compared the like slow it down ISO style of ball um, to our regular style of play, there's like maybe like two to three seconds that you're saving each play by or like that you're you're running off the clock extra on average Mm -hmm. you know like usually when we're doing that iso style maybe we take our shot with like seven seconds left on the clock on average where instead of like 11 yeah maybe so if you if you i was thinking about it like if you if you figure out like if you're in the shell for like 10 minutes at two if it's you're just getting two seconds um with two possessions a minute roughly which is pretty pretty average that's four that's like 40 seconds is all your like that's the time you're running <laughs> up the clock which is so minuscule it's like you're not you're doing all you're doing really is shooting yourself in the foot with respect to your offensive efficiency because you're getting worse shots by not getting through your offense um uh, running through your, running running your regular offense um maybe you get a little bit back by turning the ball over slightly less mm-hmm. uh Maybe you get a little bit back by, you know, uh, you're able to set up in, on D a little bit um, more easily. But I just think it's uh, it's a, it's just a scared way to play. And it's, uh, it's, yeah, I mean, you can talk about players not executing that, and that's fine. But, like, especially, well, and then there's, I mean, there's another thing, too. It's like, okay, so it's a, it's a scared way to play, but also, like, the way Tibbs does it. Um, you know, like he often has wanted to use Julius Randall primarily in those instances. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes he's not getting him, uh, you know, like a useful mismatch before he does it either. Um, so, no. you know, you're using, although Julius has been on this great stretch, a traditionally worse isolation player, um, Julius Randall than Jalen Brunson, um, primarily. And you're oftentimes not get, like one of the most frustrating examples of this was when we played the Bulls and uh, Tibbs repeatedly down the stretch would use Brunson and Randall in a pick and roll. Um, and they would, they were being guarded by um, Caruso and Patrick Williams. So the Bulls two best defenders and they would just get them. They would switch back and forth the, mm-hmm. the Bulls defenders and they would then have Julius Randall isolate whoever he ended up getting on it wasn't clear that they were targeting anybody, like trying to get either of them, you know, like, and Julius Randle had no advantage over either of them that night. Mm-hmm. Um, Caruso's strong. Patrick Williams is a good defender. You know, like, at least you could have involved any of the three other Bulls in that pick and roll to get that switch who are terrible defenders, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that would have been a very easy thing to do, and you could have still been in your shell if you wanted to be. So, like, sometimes it's just, like, be smart about it, you know? Um, just in general... The Knicks, I think, are that now. I'm just like rambling, but I think we're kind of bad at um, recognizing switches and reacting to them. Like we often get them. This happened. Not to talk about this game too much, <laughs> but <it happened laughs> a few times where, or today, a few times where we would get these switches that be super advantageous, um, like getting Shamit on like Julius Randle or getting Shamit on Brunson or something like that. But then we would kick the ball and instead attack whoever Macau Bridges switched onto, and you're like. What do you, what, no, that's just, if you're going to, if you're going to mm-hmm. isolate, 
you attack like you just worked really hard to get this advantage like maybe let's do that um anyways but then you see that come down the stretch it's like yeah okay so to circle back yeah you can critique the players like okay if julius randall was a little better at you know post-ups or a little better in isolation or better decision making or whatever in some of those games maybe we still win Mm-hmm. Um, you know, or maybe if, you know, somebody grabbed a rebound or like, you know, Deuce had and uh Grimes had opportunities at that ball uh that Doncic threw off the Right, right. Right. So maybe they like you can talk about these sorts of things. Um or maybe if they played just slightly better defense, Grimes, you know, stayed in front of Doncic one more time or something like that. Yeah, whatever uh, it is. Whatever little minuscule thing you're t- like you could pick. Yeah, yeah. There's certainly things and there's certainly mistakes that like, you know, but it is definitely true that like the style of play the coach wants you to play uh, can constrain how good you are and it can affect what you can achieve. And if you have, um, yeah, anyways, I'm going to, I'll leave it there. I've been rambling now for a long time, but <laughs> ZMP three, two, three company man hater asked, if you were the Knicks Pobo, how would you relieve Tibbs of his duties? How I'll would you relieve first? You want to go first? No, you you go ahead. So I would just give him the uh, the pink slip like they did in um oh fuck why am I blanking on the movie Major League where you get the thing in the locker where you just like your cut I would just go to Tibbs's locker and give him a pink slip and be like get him out of here. <laughs> I would um I I feel like I feel like Tibbs is the sort of person who if he was on like a forced like treasure hunt where he got like repeated like new clues and puzzles he had to solve would get more and more furious with each new clue. <laughs> so I would give him an incredibly intricate, like he has to cross the world. Um, no, just put him in one of those um, escape rooms. Yeah. 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 Like a, a, but like a worldwide escape room, treasure hunt puzzle. And at the very end, the, the treasure, the thing he finds is the pink slip. That says you're, it just says, it says you're fired. <laughs> he could be, they could do a remake of a uh, national treasure. Yeah. Tibbs. <laughs> yes. It will be Nick Cage's character and then he won't be able to figure out anything. Every time he thinks he's at the end where he's getting, like he's, he's finally got the treasure, but it's just another clue. He does that thing where he like throws his hands up and then throws them back down. Yeah. Goes, <laughs> That's what it's going to be. Complains to the refs. I love when he complains to the reps, though. Refs, it, it makes me happy that he is so angry. Like I can, gen- like I could really relate with that because he is so heated when some, like, even if he like his wrong. Because a lot of times, like it's angles, right? Like there's just yeah. really angles on calls that you can't always tell. Sure. But he gets so incensed. Yeah, <laughs> and it is so funny to watch because it's because ex- it's exactly how I feel. Like when I'm watching it, it's yeah. uh, that's like the one redeeming thing I'll say about Tibbs. Like he, yeah. I feel his pain. Yeah. Night of Cups. Enjoyed... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, what were you gonna say? I was just say I enjoyed. I think it was Wally. Uh, not it was. In, I think during the Rockets game, maybe the Spurs game. But he went on this long. He was talking about Deuce struggling, and he went on this long, uh, like story on about um i think it was derrick rose had a sit down with a bunch of the players and was like yeah when you're playing you just can't look at tibbs 
Like right. most important thing about Don't. playing for Tibbs is you can never look at him on the sideline or it'll just like ruin your confidence, your role, everything. Mm-hmm. You just have to completely zone him out and ignore him during the game, um, which maybe that maybe that's a bad side about Tibbs, but I thought it to be a really funny story. That was Alan Hahn telling the story. Oh. Wally was Wally was in the studio oh. and Alan Hahn was doing the play-by-play, and we have a question related to that later on, so we'll okay. get to there. Okay. But uh, Knight of Cups asks, does Tibbs have any trade value as a trade asset? <laughs> um, he might not be right for this team, but maybe the team can ship him off to a contender that coaches away, say, like, the Lakers, it won't be much, but, like, you know, but it saves face for everyone and blah, blah, blah. So <laughs> does Tibbs have trade value? No. Probably not. Uh, I mean, I do think if I was, like, a team... Um, like the Rockets seem like they have a decent coach. Um, if, but if I was a team, like I'm trying to think of a good example, uh, where you're really bad and dysfunctional and you just need like some discipline and someone who's going to come in and like give guys the belief and still the belief that it would be like the Hornets, but like, but they have Clifford who is like Tibbs. Yeah. But. Not as good as Tibbs. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I like some things about Clifford better than some things. I, I, I mean, yes, but generally, like, who's been the more like who's the guy who like pushes the? You know what I'm saying? Like, Tibbs has been the more successful one. That's right. But also, Clifford has had you know uh, Evan Fournier and I know, like, I get it. Aaron <laughs> Ross, where uh, Tibbs had Rose and Pat and Jimmy Butler and. Um, a little bit more star power throughout his career. Yeah, but, I don't. Yeah, there, I mean, there's a lot of decent coaches in the league, so like. Yeah, I don't think they'll have trade value. I don't think he really would have trade value. I mean, yeah, it would be a specific situation, you know, kind of like the Knicks that first year. They just needed someone just yeah. to be like, no, you idiots. Yeah. <laughs> this is how yeah. you play basketball. And he does that really well. Yeah. And even after what's happened, I think I would, if I went back and like. There, he was on another team and it was like, oh, I could get him and know that this was going to happen. Like mm-hmm. things would play out the way they did. Um, and it would cost like a second round pick uh, or something like that. I might, I might do it. I think at least for the first couple of years, he was, he was pretty good. Um, yeah. Like it was worth it to have him, even if he was a frustrating on court coach. I think a lot of what he does off the court and a lot That's of what pr- he instills in guys effort wise and like, discipline wise is actually really bad. yeah I, I i'm pretty sure everything off the court like in practice discussing things with him going over felt like all that sort of stuff he's probably really really good at because it because it, it kind of does make sense he just is so seems very much formulaic though and yeah. i think that's the more frustrating that's probably more frustrating to us fans who are just like no can you just like adjust a little bit for like this one very instant like yeah feel the game a little bit but i get it though I, like i get it i just don't always like it <laughs> yeah oh okay so our next question is from basketball robot if you were, if you were starting a franchise from scratch and you could only have one would you prefer to start with Giannis or tibbs that's a great question from basketball robot i think i'd go Giannis. who, who would you say um i think this is one of those you can't lose scenarios huh so like I may I'd be willing to like flip a coin, you know, and just, just let, flip a coin. Let fate so, decide how what 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 which way my franchise dominates. So would Giannis be heads and Tibbs would be tails? 
Yeah, Tibbs is definitely Tails. And Tails never fails. Tails never fails. <laughs> Our next question is from Young Pavardi. He asks us, is there a bigger indictment of Tibbs' inability to push the team's output and ceiling than seeing what Grimes is capable of with more responsibility versus Dallas in comparison to what his usage is when the team is fully healthy? Mm. Yeah, so I uh, have lots of thoughts on this. Um, I think, Go ahead. Yeah, Tibbs' biggest weakness, he seems like he's really good at developing young guys um, it, in in certain ways, right? Yes. Like, um, he is going to ensure... Like, I think... So, when you think about a guy like Cam, Cam Reddish, I think Tibbs is great for a player like that who, um, you know, he's going to come in and Tibbs is going to say, this is your role and you're going to play it and mm-hmm. you're not going to get on the court unless uh, you give literally everything to executing that role correctly, right? Yes. And the way that I want it done. And I think that actually is really good for a lot of players. Um, and I think the fact that he is so stingy with his roles actually does help some players when they're really young because they know um, I have to be literally so much better than the vets in front of me or those guys mm-hmm. who've already had big roles in Tibbs' offense uh, or defense, for that matter, um, for me to get a chance that, like, I have to absolutely, like, kill myself in every practice, in every time I t- get on the court, I have to be perfect, and I have to, like, give my all. And I think that does actually motivate and help um, younger players in certain circumstances. And I think Tibbs does help instill discipline and does help instill effort in younger guys and those are really important traits to develop um what tibbs is bad at is transitioning and realizing Mm -hmm. when a guy is ready to take a bigger role because he's so set in the roles he determines at the beginning of year of a year for whatever reason he gets set in these roles and he just can't change he can't see Mm -hmm. it as as a guy who deserves it as um being ready he has to he has to wait and he's way behind um, when guys are actually ready to play. So this we've seen this happen with quickly. Um, quickly has clearly been ready for a much bigger on ball role for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, it took Jalen Brunson uh, and RJ Barrett both being injured for Emmanuel quickly to get starting point guard reps. Um, not that he should be getting starting point guard reps over Brunson, but for him to be getting like real primary initiator, Yes. Right. And yeah. he took those and looked like the makings of a star, right? In his like first attempts doing this this year. Um, he looks like the makings of a star, right? Putting up like 25 points, 10 assists per game, roughly. Um, efficiency could be a little better, but I mean, come on. It's, uh, this is the sort of thing you hope you come across, right? Uh, a guy who can do that. So clearly ready for more of a role. Um, and now we have Jalen Brunson back and we see quickly taking a big step back in terms of initiating, uh, even with the second unit, it seemed like today. Um, but so this is just a classic Tibbs problem. And so, yeah, I agree with Schwinn when, when he puts it this way um, or when he asks or when he, what he seems to be getting at, like Grimes, this was an awesome opportunity to give him a chance, you know? Um, and it's kind of funny too, because like Tibbs has been giving deuce more on ball chances but Mm -hmm. like if you're just using your eyes and watching these guys play um grimes 
is the one who has yeah. like he shows pop off the bounce. Yeah. He's got a fast first step. He can get to the rim. Um, his handle's weak in a in some ways, right? Like I'm not like I'm not super impressed with it, but he's decent at making um one pass away, right? He he doesn't yeah. see the whole floor right now. He basically like if he's if he's driving to the hoop, he sees the big. If he's, you know, like running, if he was doing a pick and roll, he sees just the big. He's not he's not seeing the whole floor right now, but he's making those passes to the big pretty consistently and pretty well yeah. on these like drive and kick opportunities. He's been awesome finding Mitch, finding Hartenstein for um lobs or for like little dump off passes that get them easy dunks. Um so looking at a guy who can do that, who can also do a little bit of like step back threes and a little bit of sidestep threes, even though he's not super consistent on those, um, he's still got work to do on those. You put all of that stuff together and you're like, wow, this is a guy where when we're up against the wall, if we're going to give anyone a few more reps, probably that dude. But instead we've been giving Deuce more reps. Um, Sometimes weirdly, we like there'll be these instances where like he comes down, like runs a pick and roll and it's like, he'll do it like seven times in a game. Maybe none of those times end up with anything. And then eventually he just swings it back. And you have to now with 10 seconds on the clock, try to do get something. something out of the possession. Yeah. It's like, why are we wasting our time doing this? Uh, nothing against deuce. I like him as a player and on defense, he's been amazing. But right now it's very clear that his role should be uh, cutting, screening, spacing the floor, shooting catch and shoots, and yes. maybe driving and kicking on occasion um but like that's what he should be doing that's it his role needs to be simplified and it needs to be basic and that that just needs to be it there's no need for him to have the ball in his hands even though there's been a few encouraging signs with him getting to the rim a little better um but Grimes on the other hand he's the sort of guy who you watch a play and you're like oh maybe if we have this opportunity with everybody injured uh we should give him a few extra reps like if we're giving somebody some extra reps Let's let's go that direction. Um, yeah, so I do think it's an indictment of Tibbs, and it's just consistent with his failures more generally, um, uh, his inability to really give guys uh, chances in roles that he doesn't see them as fitting. He gets an idea of what you are, and then you're stuck in that. Um, although I'll note, two straight games now, he has given... Uh, Mitch a post up opportunity. So <laughs> there's that's a like the very first play of the game has been a Mitch post up. <sighs> so that's I guess he's given a guy a chance that he's never given before. So I don't know what that says, but uh, yeah, I, I appreciate it though. It makes yeah. me happy. Yeah, and Mitch Mitch scored on the first one, and on the second one today he was pretty close. Uh, he made it awkward but decent enough move against Aiton. It was interesting. I think we should just run the offense through Mitch. Absolutely. Point Mitch. That's it. Mitch he made is... a, I gotta say, Mitch made an amazing no-look pass today. Like, oh, no-look pass to the corner and then quickly splash <laughs> it. Like, just, like, it was incredible. Absolutely incredible. I just want Mitch in the high post in the elbow area where, like, Jokic operates. And I just want Mitch just running everything. I, the Joakim Noah role. You know what? No, I'm not going to get into it. <laughs> I'm not going to get into it because you know what? I actually am. He coached Joakim Noah. How does he not understand how to use Hartenstein at the second unit? The NBA season is heating up, and there are still so many things yet to unfold. Can the Knicks get home court advantage? Who knows? Maybe. 
What I'm looking to get in on the action, I bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place a same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, total rebounds, and more. The more legs you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger your shot to win big. Download the app now, sign up with code TBPN, place a $5 pregame Moneyline bet on any NBA team to win their game, and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code TBPN. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum agent eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. You know, I I would I kind of want to go back and watch those Bulls years and see like was it injuries that forced him to use Noah that way? Yes. Okay. And yeah, so like that seems right to me. That like injuries forced it, and then probably Noah was so good that he had to keep using it a little bit. Um, but that doesn't. But he still. That means he knows how to do it, though. Yeah, but he gets these ideas. It's the same with it's the same we were just talking about, right? Like, you would think if you're gonna give somebody more initiating reps, like another thing you could do with Brunson out, with RJ out, um, with quickly and Randall playing like 40 minutes a game, 40 minutes a game, <laughs> just insane uh, stuff. Basically, maybe run a couple plays through Hart in the you know the high post. Yeah, you could definitely do that, and you probably could get a couple easy buckets off it actually. Um, because, like, teams aren't ready for it. Teams aren't expecting it. It, uh, it drives me nuts. That's weird. Because I'm just at the point now where if Hart and Sign is just going to be Mitch's backup in a Mitch role, don't play Hart and Stein yeah. and play Sims. Well, yeah. And they're pl- he's playing them together, which I, there's some interesting things to Obi Toppin needs to hurry up and get healthy because I am – pretty much done with the with this Jericho Sims Hartenstein. It's 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 a killer. It it just doesn't work. Especially if you're not going to use Hartenstein as any sort of initiator. Sims uh I yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's I think there could be some really interesting lineups with just Sims. Um Yes. But Sims at the point. Sims and Mitch have gotten a few minutes together and I think they've actually looked good together. Um it's kind of weird, but you'd have to see more. But like, then you have at least two guys with like real like it's when you have Hart and Sims together. The thought is like, oh, they should be good because they have somewhat different skill sets, and so they're going to balance each other out. Yeah, and they don't. But they don't really because Hart, the ones that he's allowed to use, he's not very good at like shooting, mm-hmm. um, and the ones he's not allowed to use that he is good at, he's not allowed to use. Um, so. It doesn't, you, and he's not a good rebounder. He's not a good defender. So, like, you're not getting the advantages you should get from going double big. But when you go with two bigs, when it's Mitch and Sims, you have a defensive bump, you have a rebounding bump, mm-hmm. um, you have a screening bump. So, you do get legitimate bumps uh, from having them both together in a way that you wouldn't if you played just one and a bunch of smalls, um, yes. whatever. And so, there, there's legitimate, but like with Hart and Sims, you just aren't getting what you no. should be getting from a double big lineup. Um, and Hart, his uh, his help defense is just... Um, he, do- he doesn't... He just has poor instincts, I think, sometimes, where, like, he helps when it's not necessary, and then he misses ones where it's like, oh, you that's your, that's your help assignment. Just, like, doesn't seem to have the feel 
in drop coverage uh, and as like the, the last line of defense um, of when he absolutely, when he needs to help and when he doesn't. He'll box out though. That's all I got. <laughs> That's the only positive. NYC uh, critic, AKA Jake Andrews asks, I have the hiccups. How do I get rid of them? Oh, I got this. How do you get rid of them? Easy. You take a, a paper towel, you put it over a glass of water. It should be a, the smaller, um, the smaller, the circle. What? What? I, I don't know what do you call it. The, the, the cup, the better. Um, and you drink like as much water as possible without breathing through the paper towel. I was gonna. I was gonna say the same thing without the paper towel. Okay. You, you just. Towel, you just I, get the I'm largest. I'm wrong by the peanut gallery. Yeah, I mean, I would agree. That does make sense. What is so the, like? What's the solution? There you go, Nick's Nick's uh, Nick's fandom. Yeah, hopefully you guys caught that. It is you have to reconfigure your diaphragm, and you have to scream. So scream and yell. Just, just watch Tibbs coach, and then that'll cure your hiccups. Yeah, exactly. Because like, ah! uh, yeah, I was gonna say something similar to not like your your little water thing, but like I get the largest cup of water <laughs> thing I have, and I just chug. For those at home who can't see. Doug just like said largest cup of water and then literally put his hands above his head and then like <laughs> on the ground. We're talking yeah. about like it was like this big. So basically drink enough water that you'll drown. <laughs> and you just waterboard yourself. No, that's basically what I do. So when I get when I have the hiccups, I basically waterboard myself. Yeah. And it I works every would, time. <laughs> I imagine waterboarding yourself would work. You could you could uh pay someone to waterboard you as well. That would probably also work. Oh, well, speaking of waterboarding, Franklin Chubb asked, if Tibbs was the lead character in a TV show like 24 instead of Jack Bauer, would he have been able to make the requisite series of adjustments in to his day in order to thwart the various terrorist plots? Would it have made for a more entertaining show? I mean, no, he has no abilities to for any sort of counterterrorism, and it would not be a good show because it wouldn't be 24. It would just be an hour because the terrorists would win. Yeah, the terrorists would win because Tibbs would, it'd be like, we're like the, the Knicks would be playing like the Houston Rockets or like the Charlotte Hornets in like December, some meaningless game. And Tibbs would be, I can't think about the terrorist plot right now. Like, it's not what matters. It's no, not- it, it doesn't. Brunson has to play 44 minutes <laughs> to squeak out this win in December. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, it would be a terrible show, and he would have no shot. He 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 doesn't have what uh, Jack Bauer has. Villain Villain X asks, if you were a wandering concert going ghost in purgatory, <laughs> are you assuming there's no other ghost in purgatory, or are you assuming you either can't see or can't communicate with these other purgatory ghosts? <laughs> What? That's that's certainly a question. That's um, a question. So I'm guessing I'm guessing. So you're. It seems like what's implied is you're a wandering. I don't know why concert going matters. Neither am I. But it sounds like you're just a wandering spirit. Concert going ghost in purgatory. Actually, this is really good news. Um, 
that there are apparently concerts in purgatory, which I feel like that's better than no. What's interesting if we're assuming if purgatory exists, that means the Christian God exists in that case. Does, is there other religions with purgatory? Yeah, I don't. Not that I know of. So, <laughs> we'll we'll get corrected. <laughs> we'll get fact checked on that one. Yeah, we'll yeah, have, fact checked. We'll have our, we'll have our fact checkers determine that for us. Yeah. But um, no, I I would assume right if you're in purgatory, like if I'm in purgatory and you're in purgatory, yeah, we should in theory be able to see each other because we're both, we would like our spirits would both be in that astral plane, right? Apparently, so in- you can't. Apparently, the implication is we can't see each other, and so um, we can only see. It has to be if it's purgatory. It has to be like the most mid possible concert, right? So it's like John Mayer just over and over or something. Don't don't insult America's greatest uh, musician <laughs> like that on uh on this podcast. I I hate John Mayer with a passion. Um, <laughs> no, uh, so. Are you are you assuming you either can't see or can't communicate with these other purgatory ghosts? I, I guess I'm assuming that I can't communicate. I don't know. I'm confused. I'm a little... I don't know. I feel like I I feel like I can, and I'm able to. <laughs> okay. We have to be able to. This is a great question, though. I'm I'm enjoying thinking about purgatory ghosts. Yeah, because I'm also thinking of in uh in my favorite game of all time, Skyrim, which I always which I've been playing for like years and years now. Straight. Yeah. When you get to the Soul Cairn, they all interact with each other. Like right. whether so that's that's very similar to Purgatory. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Someone's gonna be listening to this to be like, what the hell is Skyrim? <laughs> and what are they talking about? Where have you been if you don't know what Skyrim is? Doug has been telling me about playing Skyrim for like <laughs> The entirety of our friendship. I don't know how many years it's now been, but ever since I've known him, he's been playing Skyrim. I, 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 I broke. Skyrim's a great game, but I some point I'll have to tell you about all of the new video games that have come out since whatever. <laughs> what is? Let's see. When did Skyrim first come out? Oh God! You probably but, know. When did it? Uh, come out? Well, I didn't play it when it first came out. So 2011. So. You've probably been playing since what, 2012? No, I haven't. I've been playing since like 2017 or something like that. So it was, I got it on the Xbox One and I was like, sure, I'll give it a shot. And I was like, oh my God, this is the greatest game I've ever played. And I wore out my disc. The disc doesn't work anymore. So I had to, da- so I bought a combo pack of Fallout 4 and Skyrim Anniversary Edition. Fallout and 4 I, is terrible, by the way. I've been playing it. Um, It's really hard for me. <laughs> Like, I have it on super easy because, like, it's just difficult. I don't really understand it. But, like, I'm kind of having fun at the same time. But I just go back to Skyrim. So it's just, like, that's my thing.